Hey everybody, uh, this is the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. Uh, we always hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. It's May 13th, 2021. I am David Underwood and I am here with Brandon Beaver. Brandon, say hi. Hey, how's it going? It's going alright, man. It's going alright. Hey, so, we do this podcast every week, man. I just want to say... A lot has happened in the past seven days. Yeah, it's it, been, it been feels like it's been a year. Yeah. Oh, my chair says hi. That makes a it makes itself known every uh, every episode. My squeaky chair. I'm surprised my cat has not come up and interrupted one of these with her with her meows. She does that all the time. So. Yeah. No. No. It's it's uh, uh it's it's been an exciting 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 week. I've. I've had a lot on my plate personally on top of uh, keep trying to keep up with the, the news and the headlines and everything that's been popping off every other day. It's been crazy. It's been really crazy. Um, all right, guys. Every week we go over the rules. The rules are Brandon and I meet up just a few minutes before the show. We talk about uh, what we're going to bring up, what we're going to discuss, what we want to ask. We don't, we don't actually discuss it. We just talk. Uh, we just bring up the topics. Then we go ahead and get started in the show. We discuss who goes first. That person goes first for the week, and we take it off from there. This week, Mr. Brandon Beaver is going to lead us off. He is our leadoff runner. Brandon, take it away. All right. Since the last show, news came out the consumer price has increased 4.2% for April. This was the largest increase since September of 2008. Now, I said in previous shows that I would be concerned if we were at 4% or higher, starting to near it. I'm a little less concerned right now because it seems like the market is actually trying to price in the possibility of sustained high inflation. That actually gives me calm because it means that there's not going to be as big of a shock in the future if it actually happens. Now, historically speaking, stocks tend to outpace inflation until inflation reaches around 6%. This is according to a 2003 study done by Botts and Associates. I've cited them before. Um, and inflation is defined in multiple ways in economics. The most common use of the word is in regards to price inflation. Most economists describe inflation as an increase in the money supply, though. And, and price inflation is actually a symptom of that. So if you look at the value of a currency, whether it be the US dollar or Ethereum or Bitcoin or even Dogecoin, over the long term, these things are subjected to the laws of supply and demand just like anything else. The more we have of the US dollar, the less value it has. Therefore, it requires more US dollars to purchase goods and services. Stimulus, although it feels good immediately, over the long term does not create wealth because the cost of living goes up correspondingly, though the rise of the cost of living lags inflation of currency, and it can be hard to predict when the system, uh, when the symptom of price inflation will show up. Go ahead, Dave. So, yeah, you know, just to piggyback on this, man, everybody is aware of the example I'm about to give of what you're talking about when it comes to supply and demand and how the, the value of something can drop dramatically because of oversupply. So I'm going to give this example. Everybody's heard of this who, who has traded stock for any number of, of months, years, what have you. And it is the tulips. The tulips. Uh, if, you, if you remember this back in the day of 
I believe it was uh, Holland and Tulip Fever, and they even made a couple movies about it. There's been books written about it, and the fact that you could you could take a couple bulbs of these tulips and you could buy property right there on the river and and make a lot of money just with like a couple bulbs. But then just less than a year later, there were so many bulbs everywhere that it was worthless. And oh, they, they actually were speculating example. on that too. This goes all. I think this was like the 17th century where they were speculating on the price of tulip bulbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and this, but it's a good example for people to wrap their head around. It's a real life example, something that is easy to understand of what we're talking about. And you're correlating it to the U.S. dollar. So my my, my question is, what happens if the U.S. dollar drops in value? The price of goods and services go up. Um, the first thing that usually actually happens, the first way that you see it is oil goes up in price because oil is tied to the U.S. dollar. Everybody uses the oh, dollar to purchase oil. How is oil tied to U.S. dollar? Because, how is oil tied to U.S. dollar? Be, because everybody... I know, I know the answer to this. <laughs> everybody, everybody throughout the world purchases oil with the U.S. dollar. They have to convert their currency to the U.S. dollar and then purchase oil with it. Because we all got... I mean, this is serious, guys. I, it, I, it's about to sound funny what I'm about to say, but it actually is serious. We all got together as a world and said, hey, we need to have one currency to buy and sell these things that we all use, such as, i.e., gold, oil, coffee. And we all agreed to trade them and, and buy and sell them using the United States dollar. So if the dollar goes down in value, that means these are going to go up in price. And that means if you're holding other currencies at that time that also don't go down in value, you actually are doing better. But if you're holding U.S. money, your million dollars or $1,000 buys less of that of that product or commodity, whatever it is, whether it's coffee or gold or oil, you buy less of it now because your money's worthless. Right. And it's interesting because the hyperinflation in the 1970s uh, kind of happened at the same time as the Oreo... Oreo embargo? Wow. Oil embargo. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't the Oreo embargo. My life would be meaningless that without Oreo. That would have Oreos. been awful. We would have been like riding in the streets right there. But I think it was bound to happen anyways because I think the hyperinflation in the 1970s was mostly, in my opinion, caused by post-World War II government spending and was worsened by awful government policies like price controls. Also, price inflation showed up at a time when unemployment rates were increasing. And if you get unemployment increasing with inflation increasing, this is actually an unnatural event that really shouldn't happen, but it's called stagflation. Price, inflation's, price inflation comes naturally when unemployment numbers are decreasing, but when they're increasing at the same time as price inflation is rising, this is called stagflation, as I just said, it's unnatural. And when it is happening, there's been some sort of economic intervention that has skewered the system greatly. Now, here's my question, Brandon. I mean, you've brought up inflation before on, on our podcast. What do you think the chances are of us actually going to this type of inflation you're talking about? On a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being absolutely we're going to head there, this is absolute, and 1 being it's never, ever going to happen, where do you see it? the, the, the risk of us heading to this, this inflation Hysteria you're talking about. Seven. I don't even want to use the word hysteria. This this hyperinflation. Seven. A seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I am concerned about that because the amount of stimulus that our economic system has been running on since the housing crash happened. We've dwarfed all other government spending that has ever happened in any other period of U.S. history. You're talking about QE, right? Yeah. Not just, I mean, not, not only that, but just like the infrastructure bill that Biden's about to pass. All of it. All of the spending. Well, I mean, some of the spending is is needed, man. It it is needed in a time you can't you cannot sit. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, whoever. Nobody can sit there and say that none of that spending was needed during the COVID crisis. T- to me, the government needs to spend a little. That's 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 not the role I like the government to take, but that is the role that the current government has. The way we have it set up as of right now, as of the 21st century. And that's the role it has taken on. I preferred the old role of the 90s and, and 80s, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, we, this is the country we live in, and this is uh, the, the role they take. I am concerned that some analysts believe that price inflation will peak next month. If it is temporary, as the Fed seems to believe, I believe there's a good chance it peaks during the travel season in the summer months as inflation is calculated year over year. And everybody is itching for a vacation. What I see, Brandon, here's what I see. I mean, since we're talking about inflation and where the market's going to go in the economy as a whole, I I, I believe that with the reopening, it's going to give us this uh, false uh, uh, false bull market. But we're also going to see a correction before that happens. A correction is defined by a 10% drop from wherever it started to drop from. I believe we're already at the beginning of the correction. We're going to see it. Then it's going to go back up. And it's going to be brought back up because of the summer travel business and openings and around there. I know Ohio just announced on June 2nd they're lifting all health mandates across the board. As states reopen and as these things get moving, yes, there is going to be a jump in the economy because of that. Now, is that, a, is that a, 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 a true jump or not? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But we're going to see a drop in the market before then. And I believe this, what we're seeing right now, is part of that drop I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, for me, if you're looking to buy an airline stock, you need to, because if you're thinking about this the way that I was kind of thinking about it, okay, travel's slated to pick up. All right. So what can you get in, in travel, that either A, has nothing to do with oil, which almost all of it is like some sort of oil correlation. Like people are going to travel less if if there's, um, you know, higher oil prices. They they might not go to a hotel as much. But I actually think this month, I think I think what we're going to get is an increase in the price of oil because the demand is going to go higher, and that's going to be because people are traveling. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. So yes, people are going to be traveling. The demand is going to go higher. Businesses around uh, have not tried to get away from oil in airplanes, i.e., the airplane that Boeing has had trouble with because it, when it first went out there in the, it, to fly consumers around the world, things smoke started appearing in cabins. It started overheating. These batteries were not well enough and produced. We, we did not have the technology enough yet to go ahead and uh, fly a jet using batteries. We still have to rely on oil. We need Tesla to and do so, it. 
But they do need the private sector just to get jump in Boeing and, to stop making to, stuff and, and come out with it. Uh, and it is the way it's going to go. We're just not there yet. We're not smart enough as humans yet to uh, come up with something yeah. of that. We still yeah. need the oil for that. So oil, it's, it's all going to be relied on oil, the cost of it. Is, is the cost going to go up, though? I mean, that's the question. It, it, as demand goes up, are, are they going to start pumping oh. out more? Because you know who has had cuts in oil over the past few years? Who's been cutting? Saudi Arabia and OPEC mm-hmm. has cut. You know, Russia has gone against them a couple times, but most of the times they go with them. But they have they have bucked that well, trend a couple times and pumped out more. So as soon as these these oil producing companies, uh, not company countries, start actually pumping out the rates that they can, and they're not holding back anymore, you might see oil just stay about right where it's at with a little 10-15s here, 10-15 uh, dollar swing there. You're not going to see. You know, huge twenty, thirty dollar swings. I don't see. I don't foresee that. Maybe. I mean, we did talk about how the dollar and oil are inversely correlated. Um, so we might get a big jump, but I, I don't think it's going to be twenty or thirty dollars. I mean, if that happens, it might be a speculative bubble that like quickly goes away. If that, but, that happened, that that's just demand overtaking supply by a ton. Yeah. And the U.S. can okay. pump out a lot. The U.S. oils uh, oil companies have also cap some of their oil wells that they can go ahead and pump in in just in just a moment over there in the permian basin in in texas they can start pumping out some real quick we still have the 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 fracking in northern ohio you still got north and south dakota they put a pause on a lot of those because it wasn't cost effective when oil dropped down so much back you know and they haven't pumped those back up yet so we have options there's options out there to the pump out supply if needed. Yeah. It's not like there's no oil fields, dude. I mean, it's not like there's no oil fields. So I, I, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I don't see oil moving more than 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah. I mean, look, could you imagine? Okay. So we just had the entire East coast supply shut down. I think it was for like three or four days. I think it's still shut down right now. Right. I haven't seen any new news on it. No, they they got some of the, uh, the, the, the smaller lines up and running. Could you imagine if that would have happened back in back in 2012? We'd be like eight dollars a oil right now, probably eight dollars a gallon. I mean, that's probably what we'd be facing. So, but back when you're talking about back when oil dropped down to like 25, 20 bucks a, a barrel, right? Well, no, I'm looking back at like uh, the oil kind of boom that happened. Maybe I got my timeline wrong on it, but I thought it was 2011, 2012 when oil prices spark, spiked. I could be wrong though. No, no, it was about then when they they were they were up higher, and they were going. They were they were still they weren't. I don't I don't know. They were that really that high. I mean, the highest I saw was after two thousand, man. Yeah, in, I, in the early two thousands. I remember when it was over a hundred yeah. a barrel. Yeah, I remember four dollars and eighty five cents, five dollars a gallon. Yeah, I remember that. I had a Jeep Cherokee at the time. And it was like eighty yeah. bucks to fill me up, and then it, I was gone. Like it was out. Like gas tank was on empty in three days. It was awful. But all right. Well, anyways, speaking of which, all right, we're talking about oil, inflated prices because of the pipeline cyber attack are temporary. It's not the same as inflation. They're two different animals. It's a good time to trade and make some quick trades yes every single time oil has dropped down to 20 bucks a barrel i have gone 
almost all in on oil companies and every single time I have made tons of money it has made me money time and time and time and time again because oil will never stay that low for too long I we don't have we don't have the industry if every consumer in the United States drove an electric car it would still be a safe bet at 20 bucks a barrel because most of the oil is used up by airplanes by trucks by by it's not used up by consumer vehicles, which it, it that makes a big portion of it, but that's not the majority of it. Funny story. The only time I've ever followed you into one of those oil trades, my first profit in the stock market a long time ago. I don't even remember what it was on. I was trying to remember the stock, but I don't remember. It must it, have been back when I was really, really going risky on some of these. There was one I actually lost money on. It was Lynn Energy. That was the only one I lost money on. The other ones I made, I made up for that real quick. I, I lost a lot on Lynn Energy, but I made up for it on all the other ones. And it was when oil dropped down like twenty bucks a barrel, and it was it was a great run. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, all right. <laughs> Next topic here is Alibaba. They reported earnings today. Uh, now, I, I, everybody knows that listens to this podcast knows I have a position in the stock, all right? Everybody knows I'm bullish on Alibaba. So aside from any news on this, until I sell this stock, I probably will not talk about it again. I don't want this to become the Alibaba show. Is that a promise, Brandon? It's a promise. I'm still super bullish. I was bullish on it two weeks ago. So after today's drop in price, I'm super bullish in it now. Now, expected earnings per share for the quarter was $1.78. Actual earnings per share came at $1.58, so it was a miss, okay? This was the first operating loss reported since Alibaba became a public company. The loss was attributed to the $2.8 billion fine levied upon it by the Chinese antitrust regulators. I did not see an operating loss coming. That was a negative surprise to me, but I still remain bullish. All right. I'm going to give you some statistics about Alibaba, some things that people may not know. Founded in 1997 by Jack Ma, Alibaba was originally the Chinese eBay. They now get a large portion of their revenue from advertising. Their two major e-commerce platforms are Tmall and Tabo, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong. Uh, they are huge. They are a very large e-commerce company. Everybody knows this, but let's put this into perspective. Amazon has 300 million active users. Alibaba has 800 million. On average, each of those users buys something on Alibaba twice a week. They operate the world's leading cloud business. They're responsible for $1.2 trillion of China's GDP. They own 30% of Ant, Ant Financial. And this is something that's very interesting. I didn't know this. I found this out last night there. Ant Financial is bigger than J.P. Morgan. They are bigger than Goldman Sachs. They are bigger than Morgan Stanley. Bigger than all of them because they are the world's largest money market business. 70% of all packages across China come from Alibaba's shopping malls. So they, this is a huge, huge company. I don't think it's actually appreciated how big it is and how much influence they have in China. Well, we don't appreciate it here in the U.S. because you know they got most of their business coming from uh, from Asia, man. It's not coming from North America where you know 
we think the the universe revolves around the United States, but in reality, you know, there's there's so much more out there, and Alibaba's taking a big chunk of it. Large chunk, yeah, very big. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why the stock went down today as well was Alibaba will be reinvesting the majority of its profits in FY22 to grow into underdeveloped Chinese cities. I'm okay with this. I believe that Alibaba could double its sales by 2025 if it invests wisely in the underdeveloped regions. Regardless, EPS growth will be very small for FY22, along with growth of retained earnings, which is why the stock took a beating today. Got anything? Uh, I'm with you, man. Uh, I think Alibaba long-term is a great hold, great buy. I, I, I definitely, if you're looking to day trade it, I don't know. It's tough. Two, uh, two balls right now. It's tough to, it's tough to time that. I, I wouldn't be able to time it. And I, I've been day trading it, for, man, 15, 15 years. I'm, I'm aging myself. I'm old. It, uh, I've been day trading for 15 years and I wouldn't be able to time it. Right yeah. Now. It's so, just too risky for me. And, and I have to mention, of course, I have a position in it. So do your own research. There are actual extra risks and in, involved in investing in a foreign company or foreign company. That, you know, you may not know the economics of China. You may not know the situations that are going on there that are, you know, may lead to some trouble. So there's different risk factors involved in trading a foreign company. So you just need to understand that. That's that's all. All right. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. That, that's it for Alibaba. Again. I'm going to talk. No, I've got another topic. I'm going to introduce the new. I thought you did. I was like, I was waiting. I'm, I'm sitting here. Patiently salivating for this next uh, subject. Let's go, man. But I want people. I want people to retrain their brains. You like the if you like it at a, at a certain price. If you liked it at you know two forty, you should really like it at two hundred. That's all. That's all I got for that. Okay. So new segment for the show. I'm introducing a new segment this week, guys. Get excited. Okay, this is the craziest slash funniest things I read. Is it a read. segment or a segment? Segment. I mean, Seg- which is I don't know. I is don't pronounce things or a right. Segment? Seg- segment, is it? Well, we grew, up in, we grew up in different parts of the world. We grew up in different parts of the world. Maybe maybe you see tomato, now, I see tomato. Is, funny, is it a segment or a segment? Is, fun, is it funniest or more most funny? Is that? I don't know. I say funniest, but is that the I, word? I, I say neither of those things. I, I, I say neither of those things. What do you say? <laughs> if something's funny, it's funny. I, who, who says this? Okay. You know, we, we need to ask people <laughs> on, our, on our social media if, if Brandon should be allowed to come up with a word. Are you coming up with your own words? No, I think it's a word. Okay, so words? most... All right. The segment is called The Craziest Slash Funniest... Things I read on stock twits this week. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. Number one. Drum roll. Number one. Maybe we're going down because Biden is a damp towel. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Number two. Powell like inflation is good. Burr. Nice. Number f- Number three, this is so boring. <laughs> that that would that would be true most days in the market. Number four, by now life changed this year. <laughs> I 
Number five. Hey guys, is the stock market crashing? Number six. We go green tomorrow. Lumberjack style, baby. Extra wood. <laughs> What okay? What symbol was that one under? <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was spy. Was it? Oh, I think I believe goodness. it was spy. And then this one, okay. This is the last one I have for you guys this week. It's not a top ten list. I tried to make it a top ten list, but whatever. Okay, last one, bro. WTF is this stock? Does it go up or down? Bro, <laughs> bro. WTF is the stock. It goes up. Does it go up or down? It goes up. <laughs> I say up. That's all uh, I got. All right. All right, guys. Um, and see, you were worried. You were worried that we weren't going to have enough this week. I talked for 27 minutes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, never underestimate here, uh, never, never underestimate my ability to want to hear myself speak. <laughs> it, it, amen. Preach, <laughs> preacher, preacher Brandon here on on the soapbox. All right, guys, I'm gonna eat crow right now. Um, I'm gonna admit when I'm wrong. So last week I called Riot a buy at thirty dollars a share. Ouch! Ouch is all I gotta say because I bought when it when below $30 a share. And now it is sitting at 22 and change a share. So it has gone down a lot. Now I'm, I am going to say this. I'm still a believer in riot and here's some of the reasons why. And so what I do guys is I don't go all in right away. Whenever I make a purchase and I go in, I go in with a a good chunk of my money and that I'm going to use for this, whatever stock. And then I usually am wrong a little bit, not this much, a little bit, and I get to lower my cost basis and, you know, make some more money on the way back up. In this case, I get to, you know, lower my cost basis quite a bit because Riot took a turn for the worse. Riot did a 91% jump in how many Bitcoins they produced versus one year ago. So they're producing 91% more Bitcoins every month right now than they were a year ago. And with Bitcoin, the price it's at, how can you not be a buyer of Riot right now? I just don't understand that. At 22 and change, I'm a big time buyer. I might throw more money than I, than I planned on originally. I might not, we'll see. But I was wrong about how far it would go down. I did, I did make a bad call in that regard. I apologize if anyone followed me in there. I just say, hold on to it. It's going to go back up. That's that's my personal advice on that call I made. All right. On I, to uh, on to something else away from my mistakes. Well, hold on, because I I think that like actually for me, I'm very surprised. I mean, I was bearish on Bitcoin. You know, we were taught we had that crypto, crypto might be in a, a bubble. Dave situation yeah. like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. 
So when Elon a couple days ago came out and said that Tesla was going to stop accepting Bitcoin as payments, I expected this thing to plunge in, literally into, I mean, it's it's dropped a lot, but I expected it to go into the 30s. Um, well, you got to understand, Brandon, there's a lot of other institutional people that own Bitcoin. They're not going to let it drop that far. They'll let it drop a little bit, and then they'll throw more money into it and prop it up. So I'm encouraged. No one's ever going to let it drop that far and there's there's so many people that are into bitcoin a lot with a lot of money and that they're long they're long they're, they're waiting for that yeah. one million dollar coin price that it's not gonna drop a ton anymore i see i see the the, the worst possible case scenario in the short term at 45 um, you know what? It's found support in the upper 40s, around the 48, 49, and um, I'm very encouraged by that. And uh, Riot Blockchain, I mean, they're one of the leaders in the blockchain business right now. If you're going to be in one of them, and I think it is Riot, so. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it went down lower than what I thought it would go. I didn't say it would go down below 30 and you buy below 30. That's what I said last week. It went down way below 30. I say it's a good buy. Buy it, hold it. I Hopefully you don't have to hold that long, maybe a week or two. It's a good swing trade here. If you have to hold it longer than that, I'm sorry, but trust me, it will go back up. But Bitcoin's not going down to zero. It's going up. It just might be a matter of time. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, and I think that if you're buying into blockchain, especially if you're investing into any of these blockchain companies, you do need to be prepared for these wild swings because they're going to happen. Yeah, they're going to happen, and you know in the long term it's going to go up. So if it goes down below what you can lower the cost basis on anymore, like you run out of funds, hold on to it. It's going to go back up. Don't worry about it. It right. just might You might have to hold on longer than what you wanted. Right. All right, guys. So in the same atmosphere, uh, one of the major players in cryptocurrency reported earnings today. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. Coinbase, Coinbase has 56 million users on its platform that's a lot of users for someone who just for a company that just does transactions and a small subscription service and that's all they do but they have 56 million users Jeez. all right they have 109 digital assets i'm going to read some stats here that's what i'm doing dodgecoin is going to be available on coinbase that was never available before that's going to have a big boost to the revenue there as well their subscription service, it's up 700% year over year. Top line number in this quarter's earnings was $1.8 billion. That's up from $191 million one year ago. So it's huge returns. Yes, that is doing the part to the rise in the value of a Bitcoin. Yes. But Bitcoin, in my mind, is going to continue to go higher. Like I've always said, I see Bitcoin maxing out around the half a mil mark. But when it will get there, who knows? Five years, six years, maybe 10. I don't know. But that's where I see the max. It's going to continue to go higher. Coinbase is going to continue to make more money. Here's the, here's the interesting part from Coinbase today on the earnings. They have all these good numbers, and it came to the guidance. And Coinbase came out on record and said, right now in the cryptocurrency world, it's very volatile. Please be careful when you're looking to invest with us. That was their guidance 
to everybody. Brandon, you had a comment you were beginning to say, and I had to stop you and say, hey, we talk on the show, not in person. What was your comment so you I, wanted to make? I don't that? own a position in Coinbase, but it made me actually... I do. I, I got to say that first. I do. Okay. I have a position... And I have a position to my daughter's trust. It Go made ahead. me it made me more bullish on Coinbase. Actually, I'm I'm still a little skeptical. I just want to make sure that these numbers can hold up and be sustainable over time. Uh, they probably can be, but I need to see it in person first. With that being said, when management comes out and gives you a warning like that, it actually really makes me like the management because it means they're honest. Um, one of the things that made me buy Apple stock. Um, where everybody was a little bit skeptical of what Tim Cook was going to be doing after uh, Steve Jobs left his position. And Tim Cook, I remember, uh, I don't remember if this was his first report or if it was the second, but it was, very, it was very early in his career, prior to the earnings, about two weeks before it, when analysts were expecting high EPS numbers for Apple, Apple came out and said guys, you're aiming too high, and warned everybody that the guidance was too high. And it made me like Apple a lot because I said to myself, this guy is actually looking out for people. As a shareholder, you right, can trust exactly. him. Yeah, and trust is a hard thing to come by. So, yeah, I'm with you. I like Coinbase. I like. Their, I mean, I like their guidance. I like where they were headed. I like their numbers they reported. Big jump from year over year. I, I'm, I'm a holder long term. Like the money I have in them, I put that money in and I said, I'm just going to let it sit for a few years. You know, my daughter's, my daughter's trust, she's not touching it anytime soon. I told her that. Sorry. You're just a holder of Coinbase. Deal with it. Um, this, this is just a good long-term hold, I believe. I firmly believe in it. The value of Bitcoin is going higher. Well, one last thing I want to talk about, guys. I want to talk to about the some moon. of the things. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> to the moon. To the moon. On a rocket. Rocket man. All right. Um, one of the things I want to leave. Uh, lastly, I want to I want to leave you guys with this. What my mind, how my mind works when I try to find the next MVIS or the next big Am Amazon before it's Amazon. You know what I mean? Right now, one of the sectors I'm looking in is I'm looking for like something to do with lithium batteries because all this EV and these robots that are meant to be taken over and everywhere we're turning more digital and electronic and everything's going to be automated. It's all going to run off lithium batteries, most of it. So I'm looking at in that sector, are there any battery accessory makers, people who make the chips or people who have a big part in the lithium batteries that are just now getting in there and they have some breakthrough technology that's going to change lithium batteries for 10 years, but nobody's heard of them yet. That's where I'm looking to try to find the next big thing. That's where I'm looking to try to find a, another, another great company that's going to skyrocket 1000% and I can buy. That's where I'm looking to try to find a, another, another great company that's going to skyrocket 1000% and I can buy in on it right now. That's where my mind is looking at. That's what I'm, trying to find i haven't found any yet but i want to give people a glimpse into what i do in, in my free time when i'm just sitting around at home is like i i sit around and i look in these sectors and try to find the next big thing brandon brandon any any last words or advice from you for this week uh Final thought. You know, Final thought. just keep cash aside. Always have some dry powder. And, uh, you know, I know it's painful when your stock 
drops, it, it does suck because a lot, I mean, most yeah. of us don't have billions of dollars just sitting on the side, just waiting to go. But keep some money on the side, and um, you should like that stock when it's lower more than you like it when it's higher. And retrain your brain to think that way. Exactly. Never go all in. Always save at least minimum 30% of your money for when it drops and you can lower your cost basis. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as you get more experience, you, you find yourself saving actually more money than that. But I always tell beginners 30% because it's a good even number to, to go ahead. Hey, and as we're talking, riots up now to 23 and change. Okay. It may, you know, hey, that's great for me. Um, but anyways, that's all I got. Um, I hope, we hope you guys had a great time this uh, podcast. Please, please join us again. We may or may not have some guest speakers coming up. I know in a few weeks I'm going to be in the middle of nowhere hiking, and I may not have service to talk. So we may look out for that. We may have have someone on the show here with Brandon, so that Brandon's not by himself again. I want it by myself. So I don't like arguments. No, I'm just I kidding. I do. Of course you do, but, but we want to make it fun and interesting. I don't know. <laughs> we hope it's been entertaining, educational, and uplifting. Because we want everybody to make money. Have a happy Thursday. ChinchillaPicking.com. Find us on Instagram. Good night, guys.